who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi! Welcome to Scale Wow! I'm Kayla Braddock. I'm Mackenzie Braddock. And, and we, we love Scales! <laughs> Oh, get ready, guys. My sister, Mackenzie Brennick, is in town, and we're talking about scams. And you know it's a great episode because she only listens to the one she's on. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely true. (laughs) Anybody else? Don't care. Mackenzie was like, I would definitely listen if, like, I was the (laughs) co-host. It's true. It's true. It's honesty. It's sisterly. I keep you humble. You do. I was on a guest of this great podcast called Why Did I Keep This with your best friend, Mm -hmm. Jackie. And it's lovely, guys. Check them out. I'll put the show notes in there. And I want to bring all of our listeners over to them because they're very sweet and funny. And we start talking and I just started by saying, like, I don't like any of your friends. (laughs) My sister's friends. And I only like Jackie. (laughs) That's where I start the podcast. I'm like, oh my God, so nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet Courtney, who I just met. And Jackie, I'm like, Jackie, just so you know, I hate all of her friends because I'm the OG and everyone else can just go fuck themselves. I won't be telling my friends to listen to this. No, no other friends besides Jackie. Jackie. Only Jackie. No, don't tell anybody. I don't need your friends. I just need you to listen. It's just been, what, three years, four years? I just want you to listen. Yeah, that's true. She just doesn't. I'll start start by listening to this one. Okay, let's just start. We'll start somewhere. Okay, so this episode is a mailbag episode, which is like warm and fuzzy and requires Mackenzie to do no homework, which is what we need these days. Well, so Mackenzie is visiting us from California, and like she's in between two jobs right now, which is not as... I guess it is terrifying to you, but like not in like, uh, she's not like a freelancer. No, I'm definitely ha- happily unemployed. Yes. 
waiting for the the right thing. And yeah. uh, she's know, in casting in California. So work she works in, in movies. Film and television. Okay. Good um, contact to have. <laughs> Thank and you. And it's really fun. I really love it. Uh, yeah. So she in between projects, she is here with us and basically the most fun aunt and human being ever. Well, it's so much fun because it's like, one of the best parts about my job or working in entertainment is it ebbs and flows. So you get these big breaks in between or you can get these big breaks. And so, you know, I've had like a month off or maybe a little bit more. And so I get to come and visit for like a week or change and things like (laughs) that. And we'll just keep you here. Maybe. (laughs) I'm moving back. I know. (laughs) I love it. It's so fun. Um, So for this episode, we need an episode this week. And I was like, McKenzie, let's do a mailbag. It's been since last September. We haven't done one. And mailbags mean that she doesn't have to study any scams. Oh, so there great. you go. <laughs> there you go. I love scams. I love listening. You like someone else doing the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of exactly. course. I mean, I do too. It's, uh, Who doesn't love that? that? I love doing work about. Yeah. Like, Pop culture. Okay. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Backstreet Boys. Boys. Okay. That's your and number. And then, yeah. And then everything else. So if you have a Taylor Swift question, I'm all ears. I know. I, we are going to do a special Patreon with Mackenzie and her deep dive into the experience um, fandom that she mm-hmm. has with Taylor Swift and then mine with Jennifer Lopez. J-Lo. Which then I feel like through osmosis, I then become a fan of whoever you yeah, are Yeah, I still don't of. like J- Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's I'm okay. Really I'm really frustrated. I'm a, not a universal fan because I definitely there are a lot of things I don't like, but yeah, like if because dumb. you love it, <laughs> yes, yes, then I will love it. Right? No, let's I, keep it light. We don't have okay. to shame other persons. <laughs> let's talk about how Person. stupid that girl is. No, I'm not here to shame Taylor Swift. I'm just saying when I saw her documentary. Well, we'll talk about this on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah, a lot yeah. of feelings. Okay. But first, I want to start out by saying in this episode, thank you so much to Corey and Carol Ann. You guys have sent me the most loving, supportive messages on Instagram. You've sent me too many for me to read out on this episode. I love both of you. I love when people reach out to us and we just get these great messages going on Instagram because it's so funny. Listeners will say like, it's like we're we're great friends. And I'm like, please, all I want is to be friends. All you I want are more friends. friends. I love friends. Yeah. Digital friends, real life friends. The pretend. show friends. The show friends. Well, there's some issues well, with it. But, you know, <laughs> doesn't like, hold up. But. No, but like, you know, imaginary friends, like I'll take anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so lovely. I, I do get that feeling when I ever reach out to anyone on the socials and think like, do they think I'm really annoying for mm-hmm, connecting with mm-hmm. them? That will never be the case with me. It's yeah. only just more joy. And excitement. Yes. For sure. For Unless sure. I'm in a hospital heavily medicated and I can't read what you're writing, that could be annoying, but that's Even hopefully the, not going to happen. Even you medicated, you're more <laughs> joyful anyway, which is not would, possible, but possible. No, yeah, it would be way too much. There'd be a lot of video messages and we'd be like, <laughs> can you believe it? <laughs> How did I get here? Look at this nurse. She's funny. <laughs> okay, so we we are going to now read a bunch of mailbags. I'm going to read the first one. Hi, Caitlin. I was just listening to episode 139, College is a Scam. True. And I have some fun screenshots I wanted to share. I recently graduated with a master's degree in higher education, and this scandal was a big topic during my time in the program, especially because our whole program focused on working with students in college settings. A few classmates I had... And I had to do a presentation on our topic of choice. And of course, we picked Operation Varsity Blues. So this is when we covered the college scam that um, Aunt Becky was a part of. 
One thing I'm not sure if you mentioned in the episode is that although some of the students were being admitted as athletes, they did not actually have anything to do with the teams. Oh, the coaches had an agreement with Rick to get them admitted. But once the kid got there, they did not practice or play. The coaches would would either take them off the roster or leave them on the roster, but no one else was actually checking to see if that kid was part of the team. At least this is my understanding, she writes. This is because athletes can get admitted on different requirements. If a coach brings a kid to admissions saying that they want their kid on a team, admissions wouldn't have any reason to believe the kid wasn't actually an athlete as long as they met all the other requirements. Hmm. Anyways, I just thought I should share, also to share these pictures, sent me a bunch of pictures in our group PowerPoint presentation of us being rowers and polo players. Also, she sent us a picture of like all of these really hysterical photoshopped images that are quite easy to do. And she said, one more college scam to add to the list is a meal plan. At the Mm. beginning of the semester, students can pay a certain amount for a meal plan to use on and around campus. However, a lot of time, if you don't use your meal plan money of the day or the semester, it doesn't roll over into the next day or the next semester. So you don't get your money back, even though it's your money and you already paid for Mm. it. Makes no sense to me. She said, I love the pod and hope you get some laughs out of these pics. Amazing. Thank you, Kay. That was so sweet. I just, I think that that is fascinating, the Varsity Blues, and also the meal plan aspect of it, because I had meal plans all through college. And, you know, the life of a college student, you don't eat three meals a day. You sleep till noon. Yeah. You eat lunch. And then, and also the hours are limited usually yes. like the cafeteria so it's like if you're ready to eat at like 8 30 9 o'clock because you're gonna go out or whatever yeah. I mean that's what I heard people do I yeah didn't. not us okay you know then it cuts it off it's like it's not like 24 hours free food it's like well, it's also I remember at the end of the semester they'd be like James has a billion dollars on his <laughs> yeah points. everyone go yeah, get go. it on James, James is buying everyone tacos <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. it got crazy or yeah and what the only things I really remember about my college meal plans were ice cream and candy <laughs> so yeah. you know there's other things I'm oh, sure the they soft had. serve machine I mean, was probably the most used the at our yeah. at our college and then um there was like we had one of those places where it was like a grab and go like you could just take a bag of candy and weigh oh. it I don't know I mean they were making cake at college campuses just yeah, think of yeah. like a drunken handful oh scoopful God. of like sour yeah. M&M's that's not a thing that's but whatever epic. whatever like at, and yeah. M&M's yeah both yeah you need both okay yeah. <laughs> I so used funny. to get bags of the trail mix uh-huh and because uh, they us. always had <laughs> the salted raisins which are the best thing so you get the sweet raisins and the salty. salted so the raisins in the trail mix that everyone hates are really actually the low-key star because Would they're sweet and salty salt your raisins no because it's not the same consistency I've tried <laughs> Oh, you Yeah, because it's also like it's like the oil and the salt that from it's the a finer powder salt. Yeah, too. yeah. All right, I'm gonna work anyway. on that. Okay, uh, okay. Next one. Copyright. Is Hannah. <laughs> she says it's that time of year again for those Christmas scams in the illegal py- pyramid scheme. She says it makes the rounds every year and it drives me crazy. So I read what Hannah sent us. I looked it up and the Better Business Bureau sent a scam alert about a social media gift exchange. Is an actual illegal pyramid scheme. So this is the idea. The article said, basically, you know, you have secret Santas around the office, but these gift exchanges online look like innocent fun, but they are actually pyramid schemes and are considered illegal. 
So the Secret Santa gift exchange campaign quickly became popular several years ago through Facebook postings, promising participants they would receive up to 36 gifts in exchange for sending one gift. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's all kinds of things. Happy mail or for the good of the sisterhood. Some is like for your pet, like all sort of things, a hook to try and get people to send in money or gifts. Now, the scheme starts with a convincing invitation either by mail or social media to sign up for what seems like a great fun program. But you must also provide your name, address and personal information mm. of a few friends. And then you send a modest gift or bottle of wine or money to a stranger and their friends. Now, That's a lot of money. Yeah. The newer twist idea asks that you give your e-transfer email for users to pick the name off a list and send money to strangers so they can just pay it forward. But all of these versions, you give away your personal information and you're left with buying and shipping gifts with money to unknown individuals. And nothing ever happens. So because um, there's another layer with this, not only are you just giving money away to whomever's creating this, but in participating with these scams, when you sign up, the organizer is asking for your personal information. And just with this few pieces of information, you are susceptible to identity theft. That is terrifying. And also, like, I... I hate gift, like, Secret Santas are so stressful. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I have a hard time with Secret Santas with the people I know. I know. What do you get for a stranger? I know. And if I'm gonna get something for a stranger, it's gonna be like a donation yes. to like one on you know you get like a tree and you pick a name for someone who really needs yeah, it. Yeah, like a like hospital. That. Yeah, like I just I would never give someone my personal information or my friends. But what if it was I a Taylor so Swift pissed. Secret Santa exchange? Be like, hard, <laughs> but uh, but it's, if I was if I found you out very... that my friend gave my information, oh yeah, I'd be pissed. You'd be pissed. You'd be pissed. Yeah. But what if you were in a se- sweepstakes to meet Taylor Swift? <laughs> I know it's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> but, because, but I just it feels fishy. But you also are very conservative with your money. True. Like, and I wanted to get you uh, nose right, breathe strips, air nose strips for yeah, snoring, yeah. and which we all do. Yeah. And you said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You know, I was also running on about four hours I will sleep say, in three days. I'm just, so. I'm just making fun of you. No, when Mackenzie visited, she did come to me and said she had a host of things. Like, with sisters, you say, like, I have all these problems I want to work out. So I was like, Mackenzie, let me help you. Let's start with nose strips. <laughs> yeah, let's start with nose strips. And then I was like, let's watch this documentary together in my room and read this passage. I think it's really going to help us. And I fell asleep during it. Within two minutes of this, yeah. like, informative, like, spiritual. No. So my advice is you watch this, let's participate, and then I'm going to nap and, like, maybe you'll feel better. And she did because it's to show that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it does. It did. She was like, I actually feel so much better, you idiot. <laughs> I just know with Katie, if I stay the course, if I let you <laughs> stay the course, she'll end up falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that is with so many people in friendships is if somebody set for me, if somebody comes to me with any problem, I'm like, let's fix it. Yeah. I want to solve it. And sometimes it. people don't necessarily want even to when you fixed. say don't yeah. fix this i go like well let Ver- if i verbatim <laughs> <laughs> if you say stop i'm like but let's watch this documentary <laughs> okay but li- but the good news is with actual sleep <laughs> yeah problems get so much easier i know but i do think yeah but 
Oh, that was circling back to the fact that you don't spend money on frivolous things, things that yes. you think can be solved within a couple more hours of sleep. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm happy to buy exactly. an item to solve it. <laughs> or three. Or five. I love it. I love buying things. Okay. This one is from India. Hey, y'all. I think I remember you guys talking about having houseplants. Yes. Either way, I thought you guys might find the rare and even not so rare plant price gouging is insane. Oh. People are paying hundreds of dollars for a plant called the Pink Princess Philodendron, basically for clout slash prestige. Nearly five years ago, you could find them in the store for less than $20. And I'm sure Costa Farms, it's on its way to mass production, so the price will be lower again. Okay, so she said plants are going for $20,000 to private collectors. What? Yes. Anyway, the price gouging might not be a full-on scam in the traditional sense, but people are definitely taking advantage and being taken advantage of, but maybe that's just the capitalism all. So she said the houseplant community is also full of fake dying plants being bought and sold online for insane prices, and people never get the money back and sometimes never get a plant. So this was actually interesting. It was a scammer on a New Zealand site that was a Facebook group, and it was this same scammer who created multiple different profiles, Uh and people would buy plants from them, and she would sell to multiple people on the Facebook group, and then there started to become a Facebook group that was outing that one plant mm-hmm. scammer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So last year there was the pink Congo philodendron, which was actually a scam. The leaves were chemically induced to be bright pink, but the plant was never going to grow that color on its own. Wow. 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 Okay. So there's a, a link on NPR, but there is a paywall. So you know, read it if you feel like it. Okay. Um. This one example of what I was talking about earlier, the Facebook group, um, a woman named Rachel Reed is one of 27 people who were collectively scammed out of more than $3,000 in total by Hamilton, this woman. A Hamilton woman. Oh, A Hamilton. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks for helping me. Uh, Were uh, $3,000 in total by a woman. So in her case, she purchased a cutting of the plant from the woman through a social media group and sent her $175 and the plant never arrived because of excuses after excuses. Um, She gave a fake tracking number, which was the same to other people in that Facebook group. Okay. One of the girls swapped a cutting, which is now worth $15,000, but back then it was worth $400. So this is just like the prices. That isn't even less scam. That's just people that are happy to pay that. What's fascinating to me is the people that I know that are plant lovers, I have a friend who you haven't met, so you wouldn't mm, hate them. Sees. We'll see. <laughs> and she is an avid plant mother, and her house yeah. is, is like she a in California, house. though? She's in California. Well, that's different. But she happily gives away cuttings. That's and, nice. And so I just feel like if you're a real plant person, do you really need to make money off of it? No, I, I see that. I see that. Yeah. But um, she's, I also in this article, it said houseplant sales have jumped 213% in the last year. That was from me. <laughs> you did that? The most expensive houseplant ever sold on Trade Me was a variegated Minima, which sold for $8,150 in August, beating the previous record holder by $1,000. So since 2015, the indoor plant sales have grown by 2,543%. That's out of control. Okay, 
we do have a listener that wrote in to me and we've been talking about sort of the energy and the like snowball effect that all of this rare plant and exciting stuff can get to because you could take cuttings of that plant, then you could maybe sell it. Like Uh it's a way, I guess you could start your own small business. Like there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of ways that you can easily get wrapped up into Mm -hmm. it. And anything rare feels incredibly special. Well, and plants are so incredible because they regenerate, you know? So it seems like endless wealth. Right. Because you can keep, you know, propagating. Yeah. And so I bet that's really... But then the minute that people can, like, start to go outside again and feel, you know, we can be in small groups again, they're just going to start grabbing plants from the park and then your plant's worthless. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've thought about it. Really? I feel like in California, you can buy, you can just grab any plant you you walk by. Is it illegal? I think so. Oh, I would just be snatching plants. Because I was in Joshua Tree and I, there were, like, I wanted to get some plants, but I morally couldn't because. Well, some of them are like endangered plants. Yeah, no, but. I'm talking about like some lady succulents that are like out of control. I mean, I guess you could, but like morally, I I haven't ever. I haven't ever because I'm afraid someone. GoPro will like, or no, they're whatever. They're like a porch camera will see me. Yeah, ring light. But I will say, yeah, many old ladies have walked by my garden, and one lady took a bunch. She goes, "Look, you just have too much." (laughs) And I was like, "You know, you're not wrong." That's intense because you have an iron gate in front of you. I do have an iron gate. She was leaning over it, and she (laughs) said to me, "Like, look, you have too much. Like, it's your problems." And I was like, it is my problems. I, I do have too much. I was going to give it to you anyway. But then we have women who have brought me plants and left it on my doorstep. Oh, and then I have, sweet. I know it's very sweet. And then this other woman who is our super's mother-in-law, I think she has a lot of things to say. And she made me rip out a couple plants out of the garden because she said, oh. this is bad. <laughs> She's from Albania. And that's all we know. We, we only speak a little bit of each other's language, which is good and bad. Yeah. So there was a lot of bad plants that she wanted me to rip out because yeah, this they, is now good. <laughs> yeah, and now hopefully that's good. But very sweet. I'm obsessed with her. Okay, next to our thing, we have Karen back here. She said, "Hi, Kaylin. I laughed out loud when you shared my text replies to scammers on the mailbag episode in late September. I shared part of the episode with the hubby, and upon hearing the text, he asked, "That's you, right?" <laughs> she said, "Thanks for that. It made my week." Okay, so she sent me this, and I think I. Lydia, I think a couple other friends sent me this too. She said, anyway, I bet you're already aware of this documentary, Fruitcake Fraud. Have you heard of it? I haven't, but okay. I'm intrigued. She said, but if not, girl, you need to watch it. It's on Discovery Plus, which I don't have. I do. I'll let you borrow Okay, it. thank you. Um, It's about the controller of the world-famous Collins Street Bakery in a small town in Corsica, Texas, who cheated the bakery out of $17 million over an eight-year period. Scandalous. You will die seeing all the spending, all the trips to Neiman Marcus, and what the couples splurges on. Sadly, most of their spending was of the taste of the nouveau riche trash. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay, lastly, you really need to order one of their fruitcakes. No, I'm not, Karen. She said, I know, I know. (laughs) You're like, ew, gross, no way. But hear me out. She knows me. Uh, Their fruitcakes are nothing like you'd expect of a fruitcake. They're moist and light. They are not dense, curling stones that hit your stomach and, well, like a rock. In the height of the embezzlement in Collins Street was shipping out one million cakes annually around the globe, but not making the expected profit. 17 million, that's a crap load of fruitcakes. It just shows you how beloved this fruitcakes. Okay, I'm sorry. So she's saying they were shipping out 100 million cakes annually. So they should have been making 17 million Uh profit, but Mm -hmm. they didn't. I don't know. Yeah. If you don't want it, I know you'll love watching it. Very sweet. 
Thanks. Hugs to you, too. I want to watch that right now, but that's going to make me want to eat a cake. A fruitcake, yeah. I know. Anytime I watch anything with a cake, I'm like, the fact that we can make a cake, like a cake isn't something really, really hard for me to make. Is not. Is not. So I'm like, let's make it now. Yeah. Like, it's like when you have a mini craving. Louis the other day said to me, mom, how do you make a milkshake? And I was like, Am I going to start this? Am I going to start this? I get it. If I'm, I actually had a <sighs> friend a slope. who grew up in Vermont or yeah. something like that. I think it was Vermont who their parents said like, oh, you can eat whatever junk food you want. You just have to make it. I mean, it's Vermont. So like yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. organic. So like if they wanted potato chips, they'd have to make it. If they wanted cake, they'd have to make it. And wow. so it, to like show them. How much they're actually the lazier, effort. yeah, than they realize. <laughs> and they're seven-year-old slaving over yeah. the stove, but yeah, in boiling showed, hot oil. Yeah, it showed <laughs> you know so the funny. the effort. And so I think, yeah, if you can make a cake, do it. I will. Um, no, but I think that Karen, that was an interesting article about the fruit cake. And the thing is, if something is delicious, you want to buy it. But um, I have to look into this documentary, and then we'll do an episode yeah. with it. This next message says, Hi, scammers. To preface, I'm sorry this email is so long. Honey, it's fine. Promise it's worth it. It was also something I had never heard before, and I love scrolling through hours of scam stories. Also, I haven't listened to all of your episodes yet, so I don't know if you've covered something like this, so apologies if you have. We haven't, honey. We you're have, fine. You're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't Take worry. Take it from me. I never listened. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. <laughs> Mackenzie wouldn't know anyway, and, you know, my memory's shot. Okay. I found your podcast this week, and I'm absolutely in love. See? People, People love it. it. You should like it. It also immediately reminded me of this past summer when I nearly got scammed into a business opportunity. To give you a little bit of a background, I graduated college in May 2020, oof, possibly the worst time to try and find a postgraduate job. And I also realized a little too late that I didn't want to pursue a career in my field of study. Instead, I wanted to be a welder. That, that is a plot so, twist. <laughs> that is so cool. good for her. I know. I wonder if I'm so at, if she's watched because there's all these documentaries, like all these Netflix docs on like the the glass blowing guys and oh. like the I, oh you're cool. Okay, but wait, can we? Can you please write us back about life as a welder? Yeah. Now I want to know. I mean, whatever's happening. Scam, and also, shmam. what did your family think? Yeah. How like, did oh, you? I'm gonna have this collegiate education. Now I'm gonna be a welder. Not to say welders I'm sure welding. Yeah. yeah. Welders is such a hard job. No, but there might be a welding college. Yeah, she has to tell know. us all about it. I want to know all about this. And it <laughs> it's not going to be a Patreon episode. We're just going to cover it right here yeah, on the main feed. I want to know. Okay, so let's go to how you got scammed, sadly. Okay, fast forward to June of this year. I had about a year's worth of welding experience. That's great. And I was about to move to Denver, I guess, they weld in Denver. Oh, okay. Denver's cool. Okay. I was in the airport for 24 <laughs> hours. But Mackenzie was visiting us and she was having her mental breakdown. It's because the airport fucking Southwest canceled her flight and Ugh. she just had to sit there for like canceled 14 two hours. flights and yeah. delayed six. I mean, it was because of safety and you could have died if you were on the flight. So I yeah. am happy with that. But yeah. that's why she was so tired. Yeah. So I was frantically scrolling through jobs and applying to anything that qualified, that I was qualified for and looked half legit even if it was not welding. Oh, that's tough. I finally got a bite and it was for 
an entry-level marketer. They called me and asked for an interview, and luckily I was available the very next day. I went down to the interview, and a woman that could not be much older than me was immediately going on and on about her incredible success with said business and how she was about to open her own branch. I think I talked for a total of five minutes in this 45-minute interview. To sum it up, what they did basically was raise money for a nonprofit, in this case for child help, a nonprofit they had actually heard of by selling small items outside retail or food storefronts. I'm sure you've seen the fold-out tables selling backpacks for kids in front of your favorite Jamba Juice location with the staff being very aggressive that you should save a child for just 40 bucks. They wanted me to go through a management boot camp in which for three months I would be a salesperson in front of the store and haggle you for cash, which really goes to a nonprofit. However, the only way you make money is off of commission. They were asking for roughly 60 hours a week, rain or shine. After you complete your time, you would recruit people under you and then eventually open your own branch in another city to be a regional executive or whatever. And so the pyramid rises. I guess the thing that threw me off was it's work for legit nonprofits. I had never heard of such a thing. And I'd only started to get suspicious when I looked at their website and social medias and had an in-person interaction and still couldn't quite figure out what I would be doing until the last five minutes of the interview. They really try to throw the fast cash aspects in your face, especially if you're personable and outgoing. Um, I took great pleasure in looking at their glass store reviews, post-interview, something I definitely should have done beforehand, and they were all written by current employees, probably to outweigh the amount of trash they received on the Mm. other sites. She linked it before. I love it. She said, I really thought I was unscammable. A family member of mine is in a very popular MLM, so I was always trying to snuff stuff out before I dive in. This was disappointing at a time because I was still without a job. But now it's a funny story that I can pull it out. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. I hope you have a great week. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Let's focus on the welding. You know? <laughs> that was fascinating. That, but the welding. But you know, I know. I, love, I mean, this. it's so true that like the second that you're in an interview and they aren't actually interviewing there. They're yeah, just pitching they're there. more than you. They're that's... pitching there. Like, there's like a really great work environment. It's like, no, I just want to, like, what's the salary? How do I get paid? Yeah. And I guess nonprofit it is such a sticky place because they have to have employees, but they're nonprofit. Well, and I think they prey upon people's... Um, Unemployment. Want... Yeah, and, <laughs> but wanting to help. You know, yeah. you go work for a nonprofit, you think that you're being altruistic or hopefully you're being altruistic. And so I think that kind of... You have good intentions. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, fuck it all. Jerks. Okay. That sucks. But you know what? Get back to us about the welding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and That's I want to know, are, are we welding like fences yeah. that I could use in my garden to block old ladies from stealing stuff? Or yeah. are we welding necklaces and jewelry? Yeah, what kind of welding? Also, yeah. what's the work environment like? Yeah, is it mainly, I would assume because I'm like uh, naive that it's a bunch of men. And yeah. are we welding like buildings? Yeah. You know, and then is it are being the, the only woman? Single? No. <laughs> Should Mackenzie move to Denver, leave the airport for the first time, <laughs> sign up for a welding class? Should I have left the airport? Should she have really never <laughs> Should she have left the airport and not come to New York City to have me fix her life? Okay. Now we have Instagram messages. She said, hi, do you have an episode about personality test or pop psych? I don't. Um, I think it's so interesting. I come from a background and environment that to an extent neglects mental health, but can get caught up in really intense things. Growing up, my mom was involved in in intense scrapbooking, extreme couponing, 
MLM nutrition company, mm-hmm. owned part of a CrossFitness gym, and now teaches divorce awareness and stuff like that at churches. Divorce oh, awareness? What a great sentence. <laughs> That's As amazing. As if it's like... <laughs> Like, you don't know that like dolphins. <laughs> like, watch out. Dolphins yeah. can knock your boat over. Also, yeah. you could get divorced. <laughs> yeah, divorce awareness. I love her mom. Uh, but I definitely think the most interesting thing is seeing the environment that my mother was in and how she spent her time. It definitely involves the personality of a person she was with, a man she was married to, gross face, and income and leisure time. But throughout everything, it's very detail-oriented, but slightly extreme. This is so fascinating because I would sign up for all of these things. Absolutely, you would. Extreme couponing, scrapbooking, yeah. divorce awareness. Well, it's also the perfect blend of like being meticulous, but also creativity. Yeah, I love it. And you're really good Those at Those Cricut printers. <laughs> <laughs> I want them. But it's like how many like cutouts of like, go girl, are you going to need on that water bottle? Just one. You don't need a whole printer. Okay. Um... She said, I also think it's very interesting to have introspective times where I think about why I am the way I am because me and my mother are very different, but we are in each other's lives despite different views on mental health, abortion, Mm -hmm. politics, and mutual destruction. But ultimately, I need her and I had to learn how to interact differently in a more healthy way. Wow. Coming from a childhood where I had way too much responsibility as a child and I've always resented that. But when I move past resentment, it's kind of interesting to just look at how things play out and how being tolerant and open-minded affects the more niche things you do and your creative capacity. But ultimately, I think the difference is I'm bonded to my mother from being something that isn't resentment or hate, although I do resent her and hate her sometimes. (laughs) But I know I'll always give her a second try if she's willing to adjust. And so far, surprisingly, she has. And I heard her too, and she gives me a lot of grace and second tries too. Wow. That's wonderful. That's amazing. I didn't expect that was wonderful. That was a, that was a beautiful journey. And I'm not saying that no, know, jokingly. No, 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 no. It, it was. And I think that is so interesting. Alan and I talk about that a lot. Like as an adult in therapy, you could talk about your issues and your childhood things and whatever happened to you in middle school. But then at a certain point, you have to stop and say, okay, well, how am I going to change it? You have to take responsibility as as an adult. Yeah, and I think a lot of therapy in the beginning is like reporting on the bad stuff to Mm -hmm. tell your therapist everything that happened, all the the things to get them the details. But a lot of- validation. Yeah, and then, but then also, Alan and I talk about this a lot, like then it, you feel much more empowered and in control when you can look at the situation your way mm-hmm. and adjust it. Mm-hmm. Speaking from that, wow, that's amazing. And I think there's something so cozy about a church basement. <laughs> like if 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 somebody I invites me a to a church group, basement, I know. or a good basement. Honestly, if somebody really invites me to a basement, basement. <laughs> yeah, a clean basement uh-huh. though, you know, that has coffee and donuts. But like, I don't yeah. want like a creepy man's basement. Correct. You know, so CVS. Has a good basement. CVS has a good basement. I've been to a few in California. Yeah. In California, yeah, not this one. Okay, this next one says, "Hi, love your podcast. You guys should do an episode on textbooks. How is every textbook over a hundred dollars? 
lots of professors write them and then require their students to buy them. It's all very sketchy. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Think of the, um, the amount of money that in college I spent $500 on to $600. Absolutely. And did I use them? No. no. <laughs> that was you dumb dumb. my issue. <laughs> but also, I think First, actually, figure out, are you a dumb dumb or do you read? But also now with the internet, yeah. I have to say, like, with credible sources, like, obviously, you can't source everything from, like, no, wherever. I was going to say Wikipedia, <laughs> but that's getting more legit. It's getting better. But yeah, with the internet, you should not be spending so much. And it's like, read this textbook where I tell you my life story yeah. as a poet laureate. And it's like, yeah. you probably already told him that in class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to read this. Oh, wow. I did none of my reading in. And my reading in college were just plays. <laughs> I was yeah. even like, ugh. $20 on a playbill? <laughs> yeah, gross. No what thanks. a scam. Okay. Also, I just want to say, I love Body Love Society. I follow them and they're wonderful. Is that it? Yeah, that's who said that. Body Love Society? That's who sent it? Yeah. Oh. I love them. They're wonderful. You know them? Yeah, I follow them. That's so cute. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Okay, this is... Hi, guys. I'm listening to the Game Show episode, and I'm sure you've already heard this from tons of other listeners, but just in case, there was a Pictionary-style TV game show in the late 80s called Win, Lose, or Draw. We didn't hear that from anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I was like 10 or 11 at the time. So my memory is probably not super reliable, but I recall it being a big hit. Um, There also might be some archival YouTube footage to explore. And she said there's an episode (gasps) with Betty White and Kurt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yes. Who's Kurt Reynolds? You made that up. Okay. Burt Reynolds as a guest. Amazing. Okay. This is really funny. She said, guys, I have a niche uh, meme. And in this meme, I will just say it's a picture of Magnum P.I. Yep. It says... Burt Reynolds is Burt Reynolds, also. Uh, my uncle and his friends sleep in their cars. I don't know who the third in guy the Kmart is. parking lot, and they sell knives for Cutco. You know, all of that checks out. I love it. I that's me too. I'm one of those uncles. Yeah. Okay. She said, "Love you always. It's been a dark two years, but hearing you gals and dudes, when applicable, always makes me fucking laugh. We don't know each other, but you feel like friends. Oh. I'm in the mom camp, and hearing another mom win as well as struggle also makes me feel hella seen." Never change. Also, Erica Jane knew everything, right? She had to. <laughs> it always comes back to that. Yeah, let's get let's get into it. Amazing. Actually, Thank I you. don't think she knew, but go ahead. I do. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hi, it's Grace from the Mailbag. Oh, this is from our last Mailbag episode. Okay. Grace is responding. She said, hi, it's Grace from the Mailbag. I thought you guys might want to know that it wasn't ancient clothes that the scammy archaeologist dressed his wife, Sophia, up in, but the actual gold he straight up stole. Oh, that is so creepy. Further proof, he was a pedophile grave robber. (laughs) I'm going to have to check that out. (laughs) Thanks for reading my email. I'm not job hunting anymore, thankfully, but you guys really kept my spirits up all the best. Amazing. So we got this one too. Have you guys ever done a podcast about the designer bag industry and how much of a scam it is? We hadn't. We had done stuff on faux handbags. Mm. I like how you can't get a or maze bag unless the person behind the counter feels you should have one. Oh, that is That's right fucked. for like complete racism. Misogyny, racism. Misogyny. I was going to say yeah, like, like such horrible. Classism. Yeah. I've been watching YouTube videos about luxury handbags and the lengths and hoops you have to do before you can even buy the Hermes bag. She said there are long wait lists that can stretch up to six years. Even getting on the wait list is a struggle. <laughs> she also said, popping in to say, I'm also a fast talker and a yell talker. Thank you. <laughs> She said, from this area, he and his wife scammed people using green energy. What a scam. It's a Ponzi scheme, and it's very millennial. So I looked into this, um, and I have the link in our notes. So a California man gets 30 years in prison for a $1 billion Ponzi scheme. The owner of a San Francisco Bay Area solar energy company was sentenced to 30 years in federal prison Tuesday for an audacious Ponzi scheme that defrauded investors of $1 billion. Wow, that's so much. I know, I know. He pleaded guilty in January 2020, Jeff Karpoff. Um, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and money laundering and his wife Paulette Karpoff faces up to 15 years in prison after pleading guilty at the same time to money laundering conspiracy to commit an offense to the United States. The couple agreed to forfeit more than 120 million in assets including a fleet of collector cars and vacation homes on the Caribbean Mexico, Lake Tahoe, Las Vegas in all purchased entirely with cash. Well, his name's Karpoff, and he had to give his cars off. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, okay, yeah, the prosecutor said the intent is to use the assets in a partial restitution for the victims of fraud. So the government already auctioned off 148 vehicles, including a 1978 Firebird 
previously owned by the late Burt Reynolds. Oh. Netting more than $8.2 million. Wait. Just for the car. Yeah. Burt Reynolds comes back. Full circle Burt. Full circle Burt's. Um, and I also didn't know he died. <laughs> okay, so the couple started DC Solar as a legitimate company that made solar generators mounted on trailers. They marketed the generators between 2011 to 2018 as being able to provide energy power for cell phone companies or to provide light lighting at sporting and other events. Mm. But prosecutors say the owners began telling investigators they would benefit from federal tax credits by leasing the generators back to DC Solar, which would then provide them to other companies for their use. In fact, prosecutors say the generators never provided much income and early investors were paid with funds from later investors. Yes. So he, uh, Karpoff and others covered up the scheme with fake financial statements and lease contracts. So eventually they stopped building the mobile generators altogether and at least half of the companies claim 17,000 generators didn't really exist. Mm. and. They, or they would put them in locations that didn't really exist. And they traded identification number stickers on generators that had been constructed previously. Like, all of it was fake. So Karpoff used the money to buy and invest in more than 150 luxury cars, 32 properties, a subscription to a private jet service, a semi-pro baseball team, a NASCAR race car sponsorship, and a suite in the new Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. Okay, that's crazy. So... He, it said, aside from the Karpoffs, five others pleaded guilty related to the fence and are waiting sentencing. And then we found out the only other person, the second person to be in trouble, Joseph Bylas, was sentenced today in, sorry, this is November 16th, 2021, was sentenced to three years in prison in order to pay $481.3 million in restitution for participating in a billion-dollar poly scheme. Okay, so... Their basically scheme was this green energy, but then every time that they would invite, they would have investors come in, they would just be putting more money towards the previous investor. Yeah. It sounded like they were taking the old money, giving mm-hmm. it to the new investors to, yes. to just keep growing. Right. And then it was about these yeah. mobile generators that didn't actually exist. Yeah. It's a great scheme. Okay. Let's see. Hi, Scamwile. I was late listening to this episode. I love the retrospective. Also, I would follow your cult in a heartbeat. Well, that's from our New Year's episode. Mm. Mostly because I know it wouldn't involve weird sex stuff and would be super positive for mental health. (laughs) Also, I'm fairly certain you wouldn't have us make sandwiches. Mm. All of that's correct. That's correct. If I had a cult, it would just be like, we get a big bubble pit. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to first be sanitized. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we can jump and have a bubble party. And then we get to make and bake cake. Yeah. Thank you for all you do. I love your podcast. It brightens my day when I see a new one pop up. And you and producer Kate put so much work into it. And it shows. Also, fuck those negative reviews. They probably watch Fox News. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is from Jess. She says, hi, Katie. Just wanted to say, I so hope that you had the best Christmas with your sweet family. I also hope that 2022 is a bright light for you and for all of us. I so, so enjoy your podcast and I look forward to new episodes and feel like I'm just hanging out with my bestie every time I listen. Keep doing whatever you do because I'm always here for it. That is so sweet. People love you. They're very nice. This is very nice. Okay. Shaylin says, hi, ladies. First of all, I need to tell y'all how much I love you. Now I love your bright, happy voices every time there's a new podcast. This is so nice. My serotonin is up. For the first time ever, I'm bringing a scam to you. Eek. I found it on TikTok, but the scam goes across social media. Ivory Paper Company. Oh. 
There have been many reports that people ordered a planner from them near the beginning of the year and never received it. A lot of people asked questions, asked for updates, never got them, so they took to social media and got blocked. Ivory Paper Company has deleted all comments and refuses to give refunds after months of waiting and disputing. Here's one of the women discussing it. I'll send more later. Okay, so she sent me a bunch of TikTok videos. She said, innocent until proven guilty, but the fact that they've turned off comments is very telling. Now, I found an article on this for the Ivory Paper Company. It was started by a young mom and she got a ton of support and energy and people like adoring her because it's a great idea. She created a personal planner, which is so neat. And they're very pretty and really interesting. So you pay for someone to make your, per- like you can put yeah. in friends' birthdays and things like that. Oh, I don't or- know that. I didn't study okay. that. <laughs> I thought it was like, I like note cards more in the front and then in the oh, back. I oh, like, it could be I that. I think it's that. Too, that's, you know, that would make more sense. An investigative journalist would have figured that out. <laughs> anyway, so from the, but I did read from the Columbus Dispatch the company continued to take orders early this year, and even though it had hundreds of unfilled orders. Oh. So Ivory Paper took a number of steps last Christmas season to try and meet the surge in orders, including adding workers and outsourcing some production to other companies. They reached a settlement that requires Ivory Paper to issue full refunds to customers whose orders were never shipped or were shipped at least eight weeks after the order was made. Customer who placed orders before January 21st uh, who had to wait three to eight weeks before delivery will get a 50% refund. So there's all these like stipulations that they have to do. Um, the settlement also requires Ivory Paper to pay $250,000 to the Attorney General's Customer Protection Enforcement Act. That payment can be suspended as long as the company complies with the settlement agreement. Okay. So they might or might not pay it. The company's it's enforcement website. Enforcement fund, not act. Oh, okay, okay. The settlement also requires Ivory Paper to pay $250,000 to the Attorney General's Consumer Protection Enforcement Fund, and that payment can be suspended as long as the company complies with the statement settlement agreement. So they might not pay it. Uh, The company's website is selling planners for 2022, offering consumers a way to create what it calls the perfect planner. I don't know, guys. It's bizarre. Totes, totes bizarre. I think like it's weird because on TikTok also there's all these videos of being like, you can be your own boss. You can create your own thing. And it's so easy. And you create a digital free printable thing online and then it gets printed out by another company mm-hmm. and they send it to the person, mm-hmm. which is just like, it just all feels so shady. I totally agree. I want to do it, but it just feels like <laughs> Well, there's so, so much shady. potential too with planners. There's so much, so much like potential. excitement and like new planner, new me, new, new me, life. New future new changes yeah, you know aware we- of like divorce awareness things like that <laughs> exactly. you know just so much more awareness i i feel bad for this person it seemed like she like got herself into a sticky situation and didn't admit it yeah and got overwhelmed yeah i don't know why i mean i'm sorry your friend didn't get her planner but like i could make it <laughs> <laughs> or she i could- can't actually don't well it sounds like they're finally like through processes getting refunds and things like yeah. that it's not like she's the checks tr- and balances no she hasn't like fled the she's, country yeah she's not trying to steal the money she's just she's drowning just sullied in her name and i think she should change the name of her company for sure <laughs> then start a new one for sure yeah. or maybe find a different career a different one clearly yeah. this is it doesn't maybe her. she could customize bracelets or something yeah, much simpler i don't know i wish her the best <laughs> all right this is a crazy story that somebody sent me 
from Magnolia Network, from Chip and Joanna Gaines. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about this story? There was a family that was has like a billion kids, and they are flipping houses in like the middle of nowhere. Okay. And then... And they were with working with the Magnolia Network. Well, okay. a bunch of things came through the grapevine that these house flippers never actually finished the projects, left the homes in way more disrepair. The contractors they worked with at each city or location or wherever they were weren't reliable, weren't followed up with. The, the contractors, the people working for them, for this, this couple designer who were going to be like the next Chip and Joanna, but very white. So not the next Ugh. Chip and Joanna. Um, and they... Uh, they didn't pay their contractors. They didn't pay their, you know, people. So these families were stuck with like a floor that was n- a hole in it or something oh or like gosh. a bathroom they couldn't use. And so the families just reached out. And then while all of this stuff happened, and I'm sure a lot of it was real, it wasn't sort of just yeah. like, I think I, it kept saying that I read this whole TikTok thing and Instagram thing and all these people came through the woodwork saying, I didn't feel that it was right when everything was going on in the world. There was so much, this is all like during COVID, like a lot of horrible things were happening. So I didn't think it was right for me to say like, well, my tile never got put up. You know, it just felt uncomfortable. But the minute that people started posting, they're like, oh, well, they scammed me too. Or they neglected me or ignored me. And so we had a listener send us this and I looked all on it. But then it was so funny because Andy and Candace Meredith are their names, the couple's name Meredith. They wrote a thing on Instagram their feelings. <laughs> oh, so Magnolia dropped them oh, and they have good. a bunch of kids. Yeah. But then of course, as a couple, they were like, this was going to be our future. We were going to be famous basically with Magnolia. We were going to have a future company that was going to go places. They had six, seven, 500 kids. And now our lives are ruined. Basically, like you don't know how bad this is for us, but they had simultaneously been slowly ruining other people's like yeah, living situations. They're just being called and held accountable. And they're very upset about it. It's oh. <laughs> very upset. Do you want to read one of these? Sure. You, I wasn't having, okay. This is from their Instagram. These are uh, screen grabs that a reader sent us, which are just so funny. We've seen stories that have been circulating, and although we cannot speak for anyone but ourselves, we can say that we have always tried to give everything we have to make anyone we work with happy. Well, that's a... <laughs> Sure. (laughs) We will never take away their truth. That's so condescending. And how they are feeling. We can only say that there are two sides to every story. And while we chose not to go public with our truth. But you are now. Yeah. Because we know how how hurtful this feels. We understand that only hearing one side can paint a negative picture. We have always kept lines of communication open. There have always been ways for people to recover any damages that have been purchased, contracts in place, legal avenues, etc. But taking this public seems to be the easiest way to harm us personally. Like so many, these last two years have been extremely difficult for us. and We have always tried to do our best in any situation, including not making a single penny from any of these clients and paying out of pocket to try and make them happy or right wrongs. So there, but there weren't been... you getting paid by a huge network? Yes. And also, they're admittedly talking about all of these wrongs that they're then trying to make yeah. right. Yeah. We see this coming out this week when it would hurt us the most and are so grateful for all the support (laughs) we have felt from those who were there, those who know the situation firsthand, (laughs) and those who have been with us along the way, including all of the clients that it went well for. (laughs) All those guys, they're nice. They're nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Bob and Mary. It went so well for them. They had a great time. Yeah. We admittedly deny that we have ever stolen money from these clients. We haven't defrauded so many families. We worked with licensed general contractors. It is true that we are sometimes <laughs> left with outstanding balances, but always pay even if it takes some time for us to make arrangements. To say anything otherwise is truly not okay. <laughs> we have paid every amount of money we could making things right and having continued making payments when necessary. So here's the thing. They're saying sometimes left with outstanding balances. They're saying we always pay. It takes time for us to make arrangements. So it's, but they're like, they're like crying wolf, but it's all in their timeline. Like what if this person refinanced their house and their kid's going to college, they have to pay college tuition. These guys are like, but we really tried. Like that, it doesn't give you anything. And also they're the ones bringing these licensed contractors in. Well, then you need to do your due diligence and make sure that these contracts finish the job. What's so funny? Saying anything is otherwise truly not okay. By whom? You? Because you're the asshole. You don't want to be called out. Yes. It's truly, it is truly okay. Again, we agree that situations like the goats where money we gave to a general contractor was mislocated have been horrendous and we have personally been trying to resolve. We can't fully defend anything without taking (laughs) down so many others and ruining their livelihood. We have been we, we have to be able to live with that. And again, wouldn't wish this on anyone. That's like what like I just. Oh, there's more. There's more. We also have receipts. You're pulling a Kim Kardashian. We have receipts of things that have happened. Working with general contractors can also be challenging, and we have tried to carry as much of that burden from anyone we have consulted with at at great personal cost to us financially, mentally, and physically. Physically, that's You know, they must be tired. There's a lot of hard labor. It's a lot. (laughs) Anyone who has been alongside us has been an eyewitness to all this that has happened over the last two years. And the fact that this story is coming out now is extremely calculated. Yeah, it should have come out earlier. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it should have come out before you signed it We up. will admittedly defend that from the very small group of people who are upset with us, whom we have been accused of hurting, we have not made a single penny from the hundreds and hundreds of hours we have invested in their products. No one's saying no. you made money from them. No, You're you- paid by a network. Yes, yeah. And we have paid our own money, tens of thousands of dollars, to try and make them happy, give them what they want, and create an overall positive outcome. But not like repairing their floor. Well, you know? you're not good at it. <laughs> no, no, it's your like outcoming. they didn't get it. Watching a single-sided narrative unfold and these hateful comments from said narrative is extremely painful. We have always done what we could to remedy anything within the outside of with within and outside of our control. We are leaving this here. We are not hiding, but genuinely hope that this shares enough for everyone to read and realize that there might just be more to this that is being carefully shared. The public platform has been a place for anyone we've had past experiences that were less than perfect from us to gossip and spread vitriol. We acknowledge that this has been difficult and sometimes outright horrible, but claiming we did nothing or were frauds to anyone is not okay. But it was outright horrible. (laughs) They did just say they admit that it was outright horrible. We will always do our best to be kind and we won't be running a similar smear campaign with our truth unless we are absolutely forced to do it. (laughs) We're not going to do it, but we might. Next week, watch out. Yeah, this has been more painful than you can imagine. You Letting can imagine. a handful of people control a narrative and spread half truths, many times leaving out parts 
where we were accommodating and paying out of pocket the amount of times that they said they paid out of pocket. I know. And, and they're trying rich. to make everything right. But that is the world we live in with social media. And it is too hard to fight once opinions are made up. It's is it done yet? Uh, it is exactly how the guys who were Me too responded. Yeah. That's it's what's crazy. Oh, poor me thing. Yeah. It's like they're going to come back with a comedy album and be like, dicks are funny again, right? <laughs> like, it's yeah, so terrible. Exactly. It's so terrible. I, I just like, also, they're saying a handful. It's not a handful would be like a handful of like other people's in the PTA like didn't like you or whatever. This a handful of these situations means projects and homes that had contractors, electricians, yeah. blueprints, architects. Yeah. So it's a multiple level, multiple of people involved. Failing. So it's not yeah. just a handful. It is it's full projects, more than one. Let's say it's two. That could be at least 45 to 75 people Absol involved. And also, Chip and Joanna have been doing this a long time, a as long well time. as the home networker. Yes, what, like, yes. It's not like this is a new thing, and people have been doing it, from my understanding, <laughs> correctly. Yeah, and you it's, know? it's just like, very much an oh, poor me. Like, guys, it's hard to flip houses. Yeah, yeah okay, but that's yeah. every single episode of House exactly. Flippers. And no one's telling you to flip houses on television. No, no, nobody is. And no one's saying to have all of these kids and try and yeah. make money off of them on TV. Yeah. It's real creepy. And and I also think they're like, we could really ruin the lives of these contractors. Yeah, but we're so good that we're not going to. But maybe next week I'll tell you all about <laughs> Devin. <laughs> like, it's it's so With threatening. enough money. I know. Yeah. They're going to, you know what, they're going to want a documentary made out of them. They're going to be sure, so super sad. For sure, for sure. And it's going to be, the only thing with Chip and Joanna Gaines is that they did like hire people that in the past were like intense Christians that maybe like didn't support gay rights, but they didn't know until later. And they got the job done. Right. I mean, they got the job done and then yeah. like they didn't work with that person anymore. But Chip and Joanna yeah. weren't like just leaving things hanging. Yeah. Who, who thinks on a television show, leave the job hanging and it's well, fine. Well, uh, it, it's people who think that novice. they can get away with it yeah. or scam the television production well, crew like, or whatever. And they're they're like crying that they like they can't believe like we tried to get away with it, and it's like not nice. <laughs> yeah, people don't like us. Yeah, people don't like us. But you know, like I don't like you either. <laughs> but we tried. You didn't even know. Don't even know. You didn't even know. Okay, that was annoying. Okay, okay. So now another one is. <sighs> Hi, I'm Courtney. She, her. She said, dude, you guys have to read this fucking tax scam. The founder of a tax corp skimmed millions of dollars of taxpayers and what he got in punishment is bullshit. I read this and instantly thought of your podcast. Mm -hmm. Love the pod. Thanks for keeping things scammy and always looking out. Thank you. I, I read this. This is so fascinating. I'm so glad you sent it to us. So this, the the headline of this is founder of national tax prep firm sentenced to prison for skimming $70 million in exorbitant fees over a five-year period. Wow. Prosecutors say Fusam Agbajan duped taxpayers with promises of advances on their refunds and then buried them in fees. <laughs> okay. The company Instant Tax Service was accused of offering loans in advance to people's tax refunds, but then using customers' financial info to file their taxes without their knowledge and collecting a big fee. Whoa, that is so shady. Okay, so this is a classic scam. It was a Daytona-based tax service company. Now it's in federal prosecution. He got in trouble. But what I thought was so fascinating, it's very sad. Millions and thousands of victims, you know, lost money. Okay, at the very end of this article in Market Watch, 
is probably my the most interesting paragraph to me in this whole story. It's a classic scam story. He said, Agbajon was born the son of a shepherd in rural Ethiopia and moved with his family to the U.S. as a child with the help of missionaries. When he was in college, Agbajon learned that the IRS was going to start allowing taxpayers to file returns electronically. He put whatever money he could to pull together to start a tax preparation business. In 1999, he sold his original business, which had expanded to dozens of offices, to the tax preparation company Jackson Hewitt for $3 million. He then used the proceeds to build ITS according to court filings. Now, he had three million. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing is that this person was really smart. Uh, no, it, was, it says now, since ITS was shut down, Agbajan has launched a small moving company in Ohio, which he hopes to expand. Um, the lawyer says he's tried to restart his life in another business and is poised to return to being a productive member of society. It's so sad. He was a productive member. Like, he, $3 million? That is incredible. That is efficient. From Ethiopia, coming here with missionaries. You know, no, that's not uh, an easy journey. Not an easy journey. Yeah. Not an easy journey. Not coming here with your your family. Not not all these obnoxious like Elon no Musk. Handouts. No, all no, these people that are yeah. like make it yourself. You know, Kim Kardashian making you know just sex tapes hard. yourself. Yeah, just work hard. He really did actually work hard. Created a program that was very smart. That yeah. was at the cutting edge, and then threw that away. Yeah. I mean, and yes, okay, so he he was incredibly smart. And we always talk about this with our scammers. I'm sure he was thinking in the back of his head, this is very easy to do. Like yeah. I have all of his personal information. Yeah, I can get I can get away with right, it. Right. But the basis of law, the basis of accounting, like when all of this, it's illegal to do that. Mm-hmm. So anytime I've actually talked to my accountants and been like, you could steal all of their information. And they're like, yeah, that's illegal. Like I don't want to go to federal prison. Yeah. It's just known and lawyers know you you have to take an oath. You just you yeah. cannot be using this to People's harm people. Information yes, to harm to people. It's and he was so close to doing so well. Mm. Like three million in nineteen ninety nine. I'm like, my bad. God, go flip some houses with Joanna yeah. and Chip. Like <laughs> yeah. so much That's money. That's a good investment. That's a great investment. Yeah. I bet I, he would know a good contract. I bet he would. I, I think that is what the saddest part was. Yes, people lost a lot of money. I am sorry for them. And hopefully through they eventually will get it money recouped. back. Yeah. He was found guilty by a jury in 2017 of tax evasion, willful failure to withhold and pay over unemployment taxes, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and bank fraud. Okay, that's Um, a lot. (laughs) After the trial, the court dismissed five counts of wire fraud, but let the conviction for conspiracy to commit wire fraud and other counts stand. Oh, it just makes me, I just think I was, there's potential. I was really in his corner. Yeah. You you were rooting for him. Really rooting for him. Yeah. $3 million (laughs) from Jackson Hewitt. And then, you know, there there was a lot of things he did wrong. But but let's celebrate the things he did right. Like that horrible. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like, I don't care about this shitty company that's flipping houses being like, but we did a lot of good things right. Like this guy, I see his downfall. Yeah. And I'm like, I will, though, appreciate well, how you hard you work together. It just there. shows you uh, greed does not discriminate. <laughs> yeah. Also, greed doesn't go away. Like, it doesn't go he away. He had three million. He yeah. could have been fine. Yeah. He could have been fine. Okay. All right, guys. The next one is from Skylar. Oh, Skylar. I love this one. Okay. She says, OMG, hi, 
Kaylin and Sue, you followed me back. This is on our Instagram. I'm obsessed with your guys' podcast and have been binge listening. And you know what's a freaking scam? Heteronormativity. Also, now what's so great is Skylar showed us a picture of her when she was younger and now herself. And she is thriving oh, and beautiful and she happy. She's so happy. I know. She's yeah. lovely. On our prom date. Yes. And it's just, it's lovely, Skylar. I'm so happy you sent this. She sent us pictures. She said, my hair was never straight. Like she used to straighten her hair. And I just love you. So, so sweet. She said she has a story about a scammy guy that worked with her. If we want to know, of course we do. And she said, I also want to thank you guys for being so open and amazing about your struggles with mental health, addiction, and scams. I admire both of you and you really inspire me. Um, Skylar, you're so lovely. And she said, oh, then she said, I just listened to your episode 82 on cop scams and my grandpa was not a great cop and he did quite a few scammy things such as hiding an illegitimate child for 50 years. Oh my God. Skylar, we want to know more. such a plot twist. <laughs> Ratting out your own family? <laughs> because it's not using us for it. Because our listeners will just tell all. See, this is your first mailbag. This, this is your first mailbag. I want to come back for more. You got to. You got to. Our listeners will just come in because the thing is, is that we're all, scams are happening at every single moment. Yeah. You know, and we have yeah. people that have, my favorite scams are the family scams. Yeah. But I want to know about this grandfather. Like when we started the mailbag, I actually, I want to call it hometown scams because oh, yeah. I want to know someone's great grandfather, somebody's grandmother. Like, did you, were you related this to a grifter? Story. Like, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. I love when family members tell other family members scam stories yeah. because I think it's very personal and intricate and yeah. upsetting and yeah. complicated. Skylar, we love you. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so uh, Jamie just said, Hi, Katie, this is a really scary scam that happened to a friend of mine. Someone called from her mom's phone number and said that she has to send a lot of money or they would kill her parents. She sent money and then the person hung up. She called her mom and her mom was totally fine and they had no idea what she was talking about. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's unfortunately really common. How do they get the mom's phone number? Is so it what like they do, one of those programs? I think or it's computer, it's a, like I think an app or computer generated thing where you can, from another burner phone or another even another country computer you find something like that you contact people on their plan on their phone and you ask for a ransom that is terrifying because yeah. mm-hmm. i would do that in a heartbeat yeah. without thinking of course because it's your family. Well, they do that a lot to senior citizens. <gasps> this one's the first oh. time I heard of a young person, but they do a lot to senior citizens. And they'll say, your your son's been in a terrible car accident. You have to send this money right now. Or they'll say, hi, grandma, I'm your son. I'm in a terrible car accident. Can you do it now? And they really are trying to dupe grandparents oh, and get them upset. That is so, like, elderly fraud is so very bad. horrific. Yeah, that I hate that. Oh, I'm I hate so- it. so Glad to be aware of this. Yeah, and you should too, because like if they somebody calls you and they're like, I, I have your brother, and you're like, a Connor? Like they're like, Yes, I have oh, Connor. Like yeah. they take you, you stumbling. Can give away information without realizing. Yes. It. They either have uh you're breaking up, I can't hear you. Can you repeat that again? Yeah, or yeah. well, we had a friend, you should really listen to this one. <laughs> Our friend Abby had someone call saying that they were from a police department and they actually used uh uh, the federal commissioner of like financial, something crazy. And they used the person's real name. They had an accent to sound like where the person's last name was originated from. They had a police report that her father filled out 10 years ago in Texas, but files become, I think, like not 
I think there's a certain time where like your files can become public after a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So they get these files, they call people and they're like, didn't your dad have a car in Texas 10 years ago? Wasn't it at this address? So they're basically reading off a form that the father already filled out. So she is feeling completely legitimized over and over again. Like, yeah, he was in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, he did have a blue convertible, like all these things. And so they're like, you have to get to the iTunes store and buy us iTunes gift cards (laughs) or GameStop. Okay, it's usually Apple or GameStop. Like, we need this GameStop pronto. So it it sounds so silly, but at the time they make you feel like, what the fuck's wrong with you? They, they, They also do a lot of like, belittling to women, belittling yeah. to nervous people. Yeah. So that is why you have to, they'll say, you cannot hang up this phone for me. I will tell you, we always say to our listeners, the government's not going to call your cell phone. Yeah. A tax company is not going to call your cell phone. Yeah. Mortgage. It's, they will send you an official note, yeah. even an official email. Even you want to double check that. You want to yeah. re-put the email address into a search bar. You want to yeah. double check. You want to pick up the phone and call your representative. Or you go, a lot of times like, when I used to have like Bank of America yeah. or more banks, I go to the bank website. I call the contact. You us. call them. I don't do anything. No, that is sent or texted or anything no. like that. You because- contact them directly, and like they, if there's never an emergency where you can't put that person on hold and call yeah. someone else. Yeah. And so if that does happen to you, if you get really wrapped up into it, we always suggest like texting a friend, yeah. texting a family member. If you can put the person That's on speakerphone. Really going into a more crowded place and being like, I'm in a school right now. There's lots of other people around me. Can you mind talking to this person? Like kind of try and blow up their spot because they, what they want to do is keep you to themselves. If they can keep you to themselves and keep you in this mind fuck, then they win. They can sort of control the situation. They control the narrative. They're telling you what to be scared of. It's, they are experts. And McKenzie, these are office buildings filled with people who do this all day long. That's how they're trained. Like people are trained to sell Cutco knives. They're trained how to make other people totally yeah. freaked out and nervous and give your money. Yeah. And because it then pays everyone in the office. Yeah. Like it's it's a team. Also yeah. what's happening with Abby is that they kept putting her on hold to have her talk to another person in the branch. <sighs> Very upsetting. So guys, watch out for any phone call. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from Jenny. She said, hey, scam whoa. <laughs> she spelled scam wow, scam whoa. And sometimes I feel like, you know. We are like whoa. Yeah, like whoa. <laughs> or or the woes of scam. Mm. Um, you are certainly exposing things. Hot tip. There are murmurings of a potential scam concerning YouTube, the Chateau Diaries. She's raised over $400,000 via Patreon to <gasps> renovate a chateau in France, but seems to go on vacation. Safari, Venice, Carnival, Barbados in the last six months. Lots of discussion on the tattle that's heating up. I think it's so true. I feel like that would be your dream to have a Patreon to redo a chateau in France yeah. and go on vacation. Yeah, but I would want to say that. Yeah, you, yeah. You I would be wanna, honest. You wouldn't I would be scam honest. people. I'd, yeah, I'd say click here if you want to feel excited and click here if you want the truth. Yeah. You know, to be excited, I'd say this is where the money's going. And then to tell the truth, I'd be like, truthfully. Well, and also you're so entertaining that I don't think people would mind. I would tell the truth. Yeah. I would tell the truth. Uh, Subscribe to Patreon, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, This is Carolyn. Okay, She said, I'm still getting up to date on things on the pod, but I scanned all the titles and I don't see this one. If you don't know about this guy, you must immediately go down this rabbit hole. His name is Paolo Macchiarini. Season three of Dr. Death covered him. I didn't even know there was more than one. <laughs> this guy is such an insane scammer, both in his medical real career and personal life. It's insane. I'm not even going to say more because I don't want to spoil it. LOL. 
Caroline, I'm too scared. <laughs> I'm so scared. No, I couldn't even watch the TV show. Uh, I hate any medical scams because I, I know once when I was like, okay, you know, when you stayed home from school and you watched as much TV as possible when you were sick and had strep throat. And after like, I'd be watching like the Andy Griffiths show because we didn't have cable and mm-hmm. we'd watch really boring things. Then there'd be these like hotline creepy, scary commercials that would come yeah. on. Did you see one with the woman covered in blood? And no. she went to a creepy doctor? I watched that when I was young. And I never told anyone about it because I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching. Was like, it on, it was on regular television? Yes. And it was a commercial with someone covered in blood? Yes. I think it was like, it had to be something for like, not to blow up Christian charity spot, but like something like that. Like something like, make sure you pay to help this doesn't happen. This woman was- Oh, because they were, he was trying to be Jesus or something? No, 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 no. It was, I don't think it was Christian charities. I think it was, it was some sort of thing of like warning you, like call us and we'll help you. And it was just a woman covered in blood because the doctor stopped operating on her and she was alone in her home and trying to find a phone and he was chasing her with a needle. It was so scary. It was so scary. And it was real. It was real commercial. I just remember thinking like, this is on- Regular TV after like the Andy Griffiths show? That's terrifying. Yeah, so that um I am afraid, but maybe you can tell us about it. <laughs> maybe Caroline tells about it. Hopefully someone does a TV show about yeah. it. Hopefully somebody can just send me the clip notes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is so great. So this is from a listener who I love. And she is talking about Anna Delvey, who, guys, we hadn't talked about Anna Delvey for a while because I honestly was fatigued of Anna Delvey. Mm. We talked a lot about her with Sue and I in the very first season. Mm-hmm. We, When everything was coming out in the very beginning, it was so fascinating. It was so interesting. Sort of her, her joie de vivre, her like getting back at the man and the man being like children of rich people. Like mm-hmm. it was just really interesting. And now it's very... I don't know. I'm actually like bored with Anna Delvey. It's now like a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, and we've reported on it. We covered it. You know, we know she's she was sending like funny little things from prison. She isn't actually sorry. She doesn't feel bad. It's bizarre to watch everything unfold and then also have the commentary from the criminal. Getting so much attention. Yeah, Yeah. you know she loves it. Yeah. Okay, She. this listener was responding to an old episode where Sue had mentioned the Netflix deal that Anna was getting paid. So Anna got paid before she had all these like court, well, she had to pay for all these fees. And so Sue was, we were assuming like maybe that's how she got all these court fees covered. But this listener said, because I'm an attorney, I know in New York, she cannot touch that money because it will go to victim restitution first. So she didn't get paid from that. And she said, I think she was scamming hotels again, allegedly. The court locked her back up because they said she was exhibiting the same patterns, the patterns of scam, um, the patterns of like not feeling bad at all, not actually caring. And so she just went right back out and did the same thing. She said, I cannot wait to deep dive into this article and the Netflix series that's dropping soon. Of course, I will check back later. <laughs> I want to know your thoughts now that the Netflix series yeah, has dropped. I know, I want to know what she says. Um, She said, thanks for being awesome, Kate. I love the show and your personality. You really brought a lot of laughter and good energy into my life over the pandemic. Mm. Who knew podcasts could cure depression? JK, yeah, we don't commit that we do. (laughs) But they do help much. (laughs) They help so much. That's so nice. Thank you so much. I think my issue with the Anna Delphi now is I'm hearing everyone else's sort of like hot take on it. Mm -hmm. And what was so fascinating is that Anna Delphi figured out just a fundamental way to make people think that their shit doesn't stink Mm -hmm. to think that they're lovely and cool and adore them. And based on the fact that they are similar, she Mm -hmm. sees, they see similar patterns in her as they do. And they hear stories that they want to hear Mm -hmm. and they're trusting. 
she can extort them for a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Now, the woman who wrote this original, it was a Vanity Fair article that she wrote about Anna Delvey. Okay. And she was really upset about it. Because this woman was owed $40,000 in credit card debt because Anna said she'd pay her back after a trip that was Got really it. fancy. Okay. <laughs> I love how you don't know any of this. No, this is great. <laughs> this is great. So she... Um, I haven't watched your show either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, she's not here for that, okay? Exactly. She's not here for that. So she wrote this article. And this woman herself has like, I don't think Anna Delvey paid her back herself, but she's been made famous now over it. Like this yeah. this woman who wrote the article, she's okay. Yeah. She's not horrible. But it was a lot of these other rich kids that lost money because she said she'd pay them back because she was an heiress and that she was got just it. locked locked out of her foreign bank accounts. Um, and she would fake things where she'd be on the phone and be like, oh my God, I, just, I can't get out of this right now. Can you spot me right now? And I'll get back to you like, like the Tinder swindler, somebody who would uh, first put up a bunch of money to share, like first put up a bunch of money okay. in this situation and then ask for money in return. So she okay. put up a bunch to show her wealth, to show she's valuable mm-hmm. and then completely flip it on them. Got it. So it'd be a lot of like rich sheltered kids who this was probably for the first time that they ever dealt with something like this. So it, it, I don't know. I just, I think like it, this is also something happened in Sweden with a woman who said she was a princess Sophia in Sweden, who I really love. And the sort of the, the stories from a long time ago in medieval times in like the 18th, 17th century, I think those are so much more interesting. I totally agree. Because there were actual royalty. There was, I think royalty was so corrupt. I mean, as much as the super rich now are so corrupt, but yeah. there's something about it that I really enjoy the history behind it. Where these with Anna Delvey, I'm like, yeah, she sucked and she's still sucking. Yeah. And now she's kind of enjoying this fame and sucking yeah. without feeling bad. Yeah. I don't know. It's just just all, all the people- shit we put under Britney Spears and like yeah. Britney Spears well, like also- was in postpartum depression and this girl is just like a I just <sighs> like it it feels like I don't care about any of these people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like a scammer scammed a bunch of rich people. And maybe these rich people are lovely and have good hearts. Like, who knows? But I just, it is so above my world and my. And what you care about. You know, and what I care about. It's not Taylor Swift. <laughs> if Taylor Swift got scammed, all you'd over. be so upset. I'm sure she has. Can you, I know. I feel like celebrities get scammed. They and should. We just don't They're know fine. About it. It. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, so this episode is over. We've oh read gosh, all of your notes. We've read so everything. Fast. It's it's actually over an hour long. Like it's not so fast, but thank you guys so much for thank listening. You so much for having me here. You're welcome. It was really fun to have a fresh person who knew nothing about the podcast, even mm-hmm. though you've known me for 35 years of your life. But uh-huh. you, like this is all fresh Brand take, new information. Fresh eyes. Fresh <laughs> eyes. So fun. Guys, thank I you keep so it much. <laughs> you can say that. Uh, we are gonna have a Patreon episode with Mackenzie talking about more fun cuckoo things. She already, we already do have one with her on with Kate Spencer, which oh, is that lovely. Was so fun. And yeah, I think can't thank you guys enough. Send us more of your scams. I want your family hometown scams. I want to know whose grandma swindled the librarian man. Whose father is not their real father. Yes, you know, you it's safe space. It's here. We're just like Maury. I love you guys. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You 
You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy. But how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But... I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.